Ty Juarez with the Petrodex.com. Thank you for joining the program today. Petrodex.com. What is that? So the uh, the Petrodex is kind of a new thing. Um, it's got a lot of things encompassing in it, so I'll just kind of go little by little and just try to ease it in there. So uh, basically what the Petrodex is at its core is a local business directory, uh, business-to-business sales marketplace, and service networking website all combined in one online platform. So at its core, uh, we design this uh, this website to connect oil and gas service companies in the Permian Basin, where I'm originally from. Um, our lead and inquiry system uh, works within the business directory that's integrated in the Petrodex. So uh, within this business directory, um, you know, we invite Permian Basin oil and gas companies to come in and list. Uh, we have over 30 service categor- categories, and within those categories, we have about 227 specialties. So you know, an example of this would be, you know, um, artificial lift. And within artificial lift, we have, you know, sucker rods, um, ESP pumps, you know, all the things that go into artificial lift. So every business that lists on there can go do and actually drill down to exactly what their specialty is. Um, and the reason we do that is because of the lead generation system. So, um, when I worked in the in the oil and gas industry, I was a cement service supervisor for about six years. Um, and what I would do is, of course, you know, pump cement down in the wells for, you know, new wells that are being drilled and also for the remedial wells. Um, one day, I just happened to go out on a job and... I had this, uh, I was working for this company man who happened to be an independent consultant and he had just moved down, uh, to the Permian from the Bakken area. So, uh, you know, he was getting started. He was trying to, you know, get established and stuff like that and having a land a contract with an oil company to oversee a remedial well. Um, we had an issue trying to get water out there, just, you know, get some fresh water out there so I can mix the cement, pump the job. Um, basically the only thing he had was a handful of business cards, um, in his pocket with, you know, some, some water companies. And after he exhausted all of them, he's like, well, um, that's about all the context I have. And in which I was like, well, I mean, I don't have any, you know, I don't have, I don't know any water companies, but you know, let me get with, with the guys back at the office and we can get you connected. And after that, me and the guy that I was working with at that point were kind of thinking, you know, why is there not, you know, a, a directory where we can just go and find services, stuff that we need? I mean, it takes multiple service companies to drill and maintain wells. Um, you know, why is there not somewhere where we could just go and just basically search in the search engine and find out what we need and get relevant results for our area? Um, and this was back in 2013. Now, from that, you know, we started kind of messing around, tossing the idea up. Um, at the time, you know, me and the guy that I was talking with, we had no technical expertise. I mean, we're just, you know, we're just oil men. You know, we, we had nothing, we, we had no uh, background in tech or anything like that. So we started kicking around the idea and be like, you know, that would be cool. We should develop it. Um, and, you know, little by little, we kind of just started talking about it. Um, and that lasted up until about 2015 and the downturn. Um, you know, in, 20, in 2015, it started slowing down a lot. And from there, we had to really kind of focus on our work. And um, 
you know, unfortunately, some of the uh, some of the guys that we were working with ended up having to, uh, you know, move away or, or move to North Dakota and stuff like that to go find work. Um, and then we just kind of shelved the project from there. Um, now, after the downturn, I started looking into it again. It kind of come came back up. Um, I actually uh, had to leave working in the fields. Um, I have an old war injury and, um, you know, I'm getting a little older and, you know, doing that stuff was kind of, kind of tough on my body. And of course, you know, being away from the family is, is a tough thing also. So, um, I ended up, um, going back to school. Um, I learned how to code. I started working on it, kind of starting to get back into it. And, uh, as of last week, we did our first, um, early access, um, you know, first, our, our first early access launch and we went live last week. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're live. I mean, it's a real thing and we're just trying to get everybody, um, you know, introduced to what the, pro- what the platform does for them. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where we're at right now. Sorry. I was writing in my notes. You, um, you, you were one of those stories that we were doing a few years ago, uh, mm-hmm. where people were reinventing themselves during the downturn. Um, some, yeah. some people had to go back to school, go back to training, I mean, the Bakken, for example, just like the Permian, is hiring everybody except for you got to be really qualified in certain areas. So, I mean, there is certain training and certain schooling that needs to be done. So a lot of these jobs they're talking about that are available, well, there's not enough people actually certified to do those. Correct, um, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, and so you got to reinvent yourself a little bit. But you did really a real reinvention where you went <laughs> to a completely different industry, but then you brought that industry back to the oil and gas industry correct yeah i um i mean I, i've always i always thought of myself as somewhat of a, of a tech nerd <laughs> i just i i enjoyed the products i just didn't know how to create them you know um i love you know computers and i like you know i like all that stuff i just i just i, I had no idea how they work you know i could mm-hmm. sit there and figure out hydrostatic pressures on a well but how you know how this computer works i mean hell i have no idea well i used to be <laughs> but, in publishing and so i i was i'm self-taught i, I i'm totally yeah. self-taught adobe suites i used to know how to code i was self-taught because i used to uh, yeah. i used to pull the language off of the source um mm-hmm. the source code from from websites and i used to from scratch back in the late 90s, uh, back when yes, sir. like GeoCities and Angel Fire were the hot websites, uh, <laughs> I, right. I, I would do my uh, fantasy football site. I would code it, where and it was actually pretty cool because I'd, I'd, I'd pirate JavaScripts and stuff. You know, it was a total patchwork deal, but uh, you had to take marbles. And I went on ESPN and I grabbed all the photos of the football players. And then you drop the marble into a black hole. And that's how you submit your starting lineup. And so pretty advanced for 1999, you know what I mean? Um, but then, And then I realized really quickly, though, that um, this is a full-time job. So to understand yes. how to make websites, to understand how to keep up with code. Well, first of all, what people don't understand about code is it is a different language. It is, it's just like learning Spanish. It's just like learning Italian. It's a completely different language because it's a, well, at the end of the day, it's just symbols that create, uh, meanings. So, um, you know, not to get too deep here, but, uh, I mean, the best way I can explain it is, I mean, when you look at on screen, it just looks like hieroglyphics. I mean, yeah, it's, and which by the way, (laughs) we're going back to with emojis. I mean, we are, we are literally 
three years from oh totally we're we're less than 10 years from idiocracy i mean the rock is going to be the next president so the professional wrestler president's going to be there and we're we're going to be at emojis so our language is going to be completely backwards too um yeah yeah we we're definitely headed that way (laughs) well i mean honestly it's it's getting to be a a little bit crazy out there in today's Mm -hmm. world is polarizing so that's why actually the crude life and the multimedia cafe and a lot of the shows we do have done very well with our non-political approach to give people a, a nice outlet to have a have a civil conversation and have some fun and and not be afraid they're going to get attacked by saying you know sometimes I like to go yeah. fishing. Well, you hate oil, you know. I mean, yeah. it's just like wow. You know, the other day I was tying my shoe and somebody was attacking me. You know, you're a Republican. Look at you tie your shoe. You know, it's like what's going on here. <laughs> So yeah, no, as soon as soon as I as, as soon as I mutter the uh, the oil and gas word over here in Austin, it's like they imagine I'm twirling my mustache and waxing it and just thinking of ways I could just you know destroy the world like I'm some <laughs> Captain Planet <laughs> villain or something it's, like it's that. It's funny you, know? you say that because I actually uh, this is a true story. Um, I, I actually ordered a belt, uh, a WWE Brock Lesnar UFC belt. It's the same company that makes the, these belts, and oh, wow. it's it's like five grand. I mean, it's it's expensive, and it's actually going to have the planet Earth on it, and it's going to say the Earth's champion, and yeah. we're going to actually go around the country to barbecues, to trade shows, to high schools, and we're going to explain how the oil and gas industry is the leaders in saving the planet right now, and that's no yeah. joke. That's no joke at all. I mean, yeah, we're, at first it started out as like a Stephen Colbert bit, but then yeah. it turned out to be like a Stephen Colbert bit, which was, no, actually, this is real, because if you get behind something with passion, because the Stephen Colbert thing, he wasn't a right-wing Republican. He was just a yeah. very passionate Republican, and so it just it came out as you know extremist, but he was just very passionate about it to where it almost became – his ridiculous passion became the truth. And so that's how I backdoored into this because I'm going, you know, when I take a look at the engineering that's been done, I mean, you say take from refineries to even coal, just energy Uh industry, the whole concept that the energy industry is going and the fact that they're investing and they're not just pointing fingers to me, says they are the leaders. So actually, yeah, we ordered a belt. It's called the Earth's Champion. And we're going to go around explaining how, you know, the, the, the rig mats are saving the planet because they keep and protect the roots of the fauna. And they yeah. prevent spills. And yeah, look at you. You're getting excited. You like the Earth's Champion, huh? Yeah, dude. I, I'm totally down to, to take a picture with the Bell and be one of the Earth's Champions. I mean, and, and, you know, it's just one of the things, uh, unless you're in it, I mean, the community, I mean, what attracted me to come back to the oil and gas industry is a community. I mean, uh, we're good people. I mean, we, we benefit, we give back to the community, and it's made up of the community, you know? And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, the Slumberjay or the GE or the bigger Hughes companies down to the mom and pops who just have one hotshot truck. Um, we all give back to the community, and that's, that's what it's all about, you know? Well, I'll tell you, honestly, um, that's how I got into this was uh, I got in 2012, I went out to the Bakken. I was a executive producer at the number one uh, regional radio show for the last three years, and actually I won two national awards. And, nice. I, yeah, I went out to the Bakken actually to investigate oil and gas. Um, yeah. 
not 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 you know not not against them, but investigate yeah. because just I thought get an inside look. yeah I just but I thought you know it'd be like shooting fish in a barrel, and I actually I thought it would end up being against them because you know there was a narrative going in, no question about Correct. it. Uh, I didn't spend more than five minutes out in the Bakken, and I realized really quickly that the oil and gas was not the bad guys. They were giving yeah. more opportunity to more people than anyone else, and they were preserving the essence of capitalism more than any other industry, and it was so apparent within five minutes. And I went, yes, oh, wow, I'm going to actually defend them? What? And they don't even need my help? Oh, my word, this is going to be <laughs> really different. Because, Well, seriously, because... You know this. A lot of times in oil and gas, the, the, there is some political monies that are shifted around so that you know lobbyists and yada yada can happen, type of a thing. Um, and then there's community money, you know, that that gets yeah. around too. And to me, that's the part that I really enjoyed was the amount of community investment that the oil and gas industry did, because at a time when lobbyists were growing and community dollars were shrinking, say, from technology sectors, from the healthcare sectors, the oil and gas industry stepped up and said, oh, I see the local hospitals aren't investing XYZ because they now have to spend it in lobbyists to try to get tax and state dollars. Yeah. I mean, people don't talk about that to where the oil and gas industry not only pays their fair share in taxes, but they pay their fair share in local, local donations above and beyond anybody else. Yeah, we, we invest back in the, in the community. Yeah, and so um, what? that was a very long-winded and almost narrative framework for me to ask. Why did you go back to the oil and gas industry? It was the essence of capitalism and, the, and just the um, consistent opportunity of opportunity to everybody that the industry provides. That's what captures me. Is that, is, yeah. is that, that's what truly does it for me. Uh, yeah, but, but go ahead and explain it, your, your reason why you went back to the oil and gas industry. Uh, I mean, it's home. Like I said, I was born and raised in Odessa. Um, I mean, hell, the, you know, until I really understood what it was all through high school, um, I wanted to get out of Odessa. I wanted to leave. I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, every man that I knew of growing up in my family works in some way or another within the oil and gas industry. And, um, you know, as a naive kid, I, I want to know part of it. It was stinky. It was dirty. They work crazy hours. No, I don't want to do that. So, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, while I was in high school is when the uh, 9-11 attacks happened. And at that point, you know, I knew what I had to do. Um, so, you know, when that happened, um, I graduated high school and actually enlisted in the United States Marine Corps um, as an engineer and went was deployed to Iraq twice, to Fallujah twice. Um, and I did my thing over there and, you know, did all that. Well, um, while I was actually in my second deployment in 2008, you know, I was still keeping, you know, I was still keeping up at time, that time. It was my space, uh, keeping up on my space, oh, wow. you know, with, with everybody back home. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. At that time it was my space, you know, keeping up with everybody back home and with the friends and, you know, my buddies, uh, that I went to high school with were telling me, you know, Hey man, you know, um, when you get done being GI Joe over there, you should come over here and take a look at the oil and gas industry. He's like, dude, you know, we're, we're, we're doing good. I mean, our, our families are good. This is good work, man. You should really look into it. And so, you know, that's when I started, you know, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe I should go home and, you know, take a look at this. And, uh, you know, of course, once I was done with my service time, I ended up going back home. And of course I, from there, I went straight into the oil and gas industry. I started driving trucks. I got my CDL, um, I was, uh, originally started with Baker, with, I'm sorry, BJ, which, you know, got, 
you know, bought out by Baker Hughes later on. And then from there, that was just, you know, from being in the rigs, I just fell in love with it. Um, I, the, the people, the work, um, the camaraderie between brothers, it, it's not unlike that of the Marines, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. We roll out together, we go run our missions, um, we keep an eye out for each other, you know, the safety aspects there, we, you know, it, it was, it's very addicting and I, I, I really enjoyed it. Now, um, of course I did that for, you know, the six years. Um, and then once, you know, uh, the downturn came, you know, I knew it was time for me to, I'm not that young man anymore. I can't be out there doing that field work. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, well, what, what else do I love? Well, I love technology. I'd love to learn how to, you know, how to, I'd love to get into technology. Um, and of course, you know, this Petrodex thing was already being kicked around in my head. Um, and this is just our way of merging um, what I love about technology and bringing it back to the oil and gas industry and making something that we can call our own, you know? Um, and that's what this is about. This is about, you know, getting the business members, you know, um, specifically we're, we're looking to bring in those mom and pop hotshot companies. We're looking to bring in those new guys who, you know, broke, broke away from the, uh, from the bigger companies and, and, you know, got their money together, bought a pump truck and are out there trying to, you know, make a name for themselves. That, that's who we built this for. Um, it's a way for them to get their name out there, get exposure and really tell people what they do. You know, anybody can go on, on the petrodex.com. Uh, like I said, whether you're the big company or the small, you know, the small team of guys who have one flatbed trailer out there trying to hustle and, and, and get their side of the you know get their make their money um that's that's what this is for um on here the base of it just to work the lead generation to to start receiving leads and stuff like that that is always going to be 100 percent free that's something that we're never going to put a money cap on once you're on here once you're listed um, you can start receiving leads with for absolutely no money. Um, and the way that works is people looking for any service. You know, it, it can be anything. I mean, you could be looking for a part, drill bit, pipe, um, hell, if you want oil field rig catering, that's on here also. Um, you go to you go to the petrodex.com, you fill out one inquiry sheet, which is actually on our homepage, um, there towards the middle. Um, fill that out. And what that does is once that inquiry is filled and you actually drill down, it has an area where you can pick your service category, what specialization, what you're looking for. Um, and we even have Google Maps integrated in the form. So even if you're in the middle of nowhere off of some rig, some lease pad, the business members will be able to find you and, you know, help you out or deliver, do whatever they need to do exactly where you're at. So we have the Google Maps integration in this. They fill out this lease sheet. It comes to us at the Petrodex. We vet it. We make sure, you know, it's a legitimate lead. And then from there, we distribute it to our members. Now, from there, you know, what the members decide to do with it, whether they want to pursue it or, you know, contact the person who submitted the lead and get more information, you know, that's all between them. Um, I don't take anything in between. I don't, there's no middleman fee. There's nothing like that. All we want to do is bring people together. And this is, like I said, if they're trying to get out there, they're trying to make a name for themselves. This is one of the easiest way to do it. I mean, you, you can manage it as much as you want. You know, if you want to be on the Petrodex and you want to put, you know, your, your media, if you want to put photos, videos, if you want to sell your products, whatever it may be, you, whatever you invest in it. I mean, that's up to you. You can also just sign up, 
if you just want to set up and just have another way to, to generate leads at no cost, this is also a great option. I mean, there's a little bit of everything for everybody here. I was going to ask you, one of the things that we've been talking about in this program is the industry's retiring. And this has right. um, been going on for the last several years, but basically over the next, say, three to five years, I mean, 50 to 70% of the industry is going to be retired. I mean, so they're really, right. they're really passing the torch onto a new generation. And there is a vetting process that's going on, whether people are openly talking about it or not. And the reason for it is... They want to make sure the next generation of oil and gas professionals have a respect for the industry and how it was built and a respect for the land and how that relationship has been coexisting for as long as it has. Um, you've got a military background, and that's what made me think about that respect part of it and, and kind of how the oil and gas industry is very much similar to a military type, um, not environment, but just kind of the the um, logistical orchestration of it if you yes. will uh boy that's i've never used those words together logist <laughs> logistical orchestration man i miss my writing no, I mean, days and uh, you know what you hit it right on the head that's exactly what it is <laughs> it, it really is you know and so uh, just talk to me a little bit about because you seem like you're wanting to be in the industry you came back to the industry you're bringing a new flavor with technology and connection and i'm i'm on the similar path is you connecting people you know i mean really at the at the end of the day we're in the same business we're into co connecting people in the oil and gas business and for me i i'm i'm looking at people having the conversations that we're having because there is this vetting process going on there is yep. problems in colorado and now in wyoming and there are there is a war on oil and gas the governor of colorado this week uttered those words war yep. on oil and gas so um Boy, I just loaded this powder keg up. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, that that vetting process, how you see the industry passing that torch on and how you see the retirement process happening. Because it is, it's happening, it's been happening for the last yeah. three years and it's going to happen for the next four. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to go, um, I mean, a lot of it is innovation. We have to keep up with the times. We have to make sure that we stay relevant. Um I mean, and we're always going to be relevant because, you know, it's a necessity. But, I mean, it, it just comes down to just knowing what we're talking about, just um, getting our word out there, making sure that people understand what it is that we do. We're not just out there drilling wells to drill wells. We're drilling wells to provide, to make sure that, you know, your products are there. I mean, people don't really know how many products come from oil and gas. You know, pretty much every single thing in their cell phone um, comes from petroleum, you know. Uh, the plastics, I mean, the oil to, to run your machines, the fuel in your car. Um, we just we just have to make sure that we just keep talking about what we're doing, you know. Um, really, uh, I mean, I don't know. The whole, the whole well, political thing is, is tough because it's so hard to, um, you know, once these people have their made up, their minds made up of, of, you know, what it is, you know, we're villainized. There's nothing we could say. The only thing we can do is show them and just be responsible and just make sure we're taking care of what we need to take care of, you know? Well, let me 
let me throw this at you. And, and oh, I, I just said that. I hate when I say that, and I hate using the word hate, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, because this is another question that I've been pontificating about and yeah. getting some very good response on. So I talked to you about the belt, and I believe that the, the industry is, is actually one of the leaders, if not the leader and I'm being totally serious. I'm not. This is not a political thing. This is this is just a true statement that they're the ones investing and actually mm-hmm. taking action to reduce emissions, trying to solve problems. Everyone else Correct. is just pointing fingers, having Keurig coffees, and texting on their iPhones. And I'm that's yes, and I'm not even trying to be ridiculously exaggerating. That's actually more truth than not. So yeah. where where I'm getting at is that. Oil and gas is in a very unique position, in my, in my opinion, to where they can actually invest in public relations. Now, I'm not yeah. talking about the political side. I'm actually talking about some real public relations, some creative ways. And, and this is not me pitching oil and gas for the Earth's champion, although we are taking sponsors for the Earth's champion if somebody wants to be a part of the belt process. Anyway, but um, it's the narrative against oil and gas has gotten so extreme that ridiculous statements like we need to ban oil and gas that that is an actual ridiculous insane statement that there's two presidential candidates that are using that as their platform that's where we're at and so i think oil and gas really has to start evaluating investing in public relations right now because they're at a unique position where they can the the extreme the um environmentalists have gotten extreme They've gotten extreme to where they're talking about a world that would be the walking dead without zombies in three days if we got rid of oil and gas. It would. I mean, think about it. That, that, that's, that's not a lie. If, if we banned drilling, I mean, it would be maybe two days it would be the walking dead without zombies. It would be chaos. And yeah, that's exactly what it would be. To actually have presidential candidates who are probably the legitimate leaders of their party— Say that as a platform. I'm sorry, but that is actually crazier than the crazy candidates. That's yeah. like the guy that wears the Merlin hat that nobody covers. That's crazier yeah. than the stuff he's talking about making some laws against dragons. I mean, so <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it's in the same category. So I do think the oil and gas industry needs to really examine um, that this is a unique opportunity to kind of kind of strike back a little bit and yeah they were damned if they do and damned if they don't for 50 years you know they, they were and now i think they have a unique opportunity to say you know what we're the ones actually saving the planet what are you guys doing yeah. what are you doing yeah and you know it, it's so easy to point the finger and and uh you know say you're wrong and you're doing this you know this is not what needs to be happening okay so provide solutions you know and and it just goes you know of course these political leaders are just like management and one of the management things that i like to that i like to talk about with you know people i've worked with is yeah i mean you can sit there and point the finger telling you what you're doing wrong and what you're doing wrong but how about you provide a solution instead you know um, and yeah they want to point the finger and give it to us and you know you guys are wrong you guys are polluting it well, what's your solution? This is what we're doing, and we're doing it the best way and the most environmental way that we can, and we're providing a necessary service. You want to change it, what's your solution? What's your, what's your solution? How about you just work with us and let's get it to where we need to be? But that's the thing is they don't even know what they're talking about. They're just pointing their fingers and just spewing excrement out of their mouth. I well, mean, that's what it comes down to. I know during the DAPL protests, I you know, I – 
I, I put pull all sides on my program as long as they know what they're talking about and they've got exactly. and they got real beliefs and yada yada. I tried to interview the protesters. They served me a coffee from a Keurig cup and I left. I just yeah. walked right out. I said, "No, thank you. I'm not going to put you guys on my program." Now I talked to the I talked to the reporter that got shot by the rubber bullets, and oh, you know, yeah, I mean, but that's and back then I was even saying, you know, folks, we got to be careful here. This is a this is like yeah. a war. I mean, this it's, is yeah. the the environmentalists have turned it almost into a religion, and so yeah. there's a lot of blind faith just moving forward, and yeah. the. Um, the state of North Dakota, you know, they, they shot rubber bullets and, uh, sh- and and water on people in sub-zero temperature. And then the protesters got disabled war vets on their side. So you got, yeah. I mean, I was like, this is like the signs of a war happening here. Now you got the governor in Colorado calling it the war against oil and gas. So um, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know the solution right now. My suggestion, yeah. though, is that I believe the industry needs to really reevaluate how they're doing their public relations and also mm-hmm. probably step up the investment on it because it's a real unique time. It's a real unique it time is. to do it. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's just finger pointing back, I, you know, I mean, maybe that's all it takes is just to finger point back and say, you know, you know everybody, I mean, but Ed Bagley Jr. is a hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the best thing you can do is, I mean, just show them. I mean, just, you know, learn what we do. Get involved. Yeah, be classy. Um, You're right. Yeah, just get involved. <laughs> learn what we do. See see the things that we provide. I mean, hell, go to, you know, go to the Bakken. Go to the Permian. Look at our economy. Look at how, how we're doing. Look at how everybody comes together and is, you know, united. I mean, that's <laughs> really that's you want to look at america you go to permian and the Bakken, and and that's what america should be united you know as one and that's exactly what we are and and then you know that's what i love about the oil and gas industry and um you know i i don't know man so where are you at again <laughs> which part of texas i'm I, well i live in austin um but i'm originally from odessa okay so yeah all right yeah. we got that going and then uh just real briefly i'm looking at the clock here and um yeah. we should probably wrapper up and um talk to me a little bit about um the you know you guys are looking for anybody and everybody obviously but give give yourself yeah. kind of a quick overview once again so that people can uh know more about Pe- it's petrodex right it's the petrodex.com yes sir okay the pe- the yeah. the com. Yeah, sure the petrodex because if you type petrodex into like your search engine it takes you to like dog toothpaste or something i'm not sure there's there's dog toothpaste that exists that they called uh petrodex so that it's it's the petrodex.com the petrodex kind of like the ohio state university the petrodex.com yeah yeah you got it it's we're texas we got to talk football so okay we got to at least throw <laughs> yeah. it once in hey north dakota state my old uh, alumni we're seven time division two champs or what no it's one double a now which i'm uh i have a hard time accepting the that uh or orwellian ncaa language that uh every, everybody's got to have a trophy we can't have division one two and three you got to have one one double a and one triple a because everybody's got to be division one i, I, I don't I don't, I don't i don't get it uh anywho so. product that's all they do absolutely absolutely all right well uh, go ahead and give yourself a little bit of a, a plug on your um your your company appreciate the time today. You know your 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 uh, uh, knowledge is needed. You know these are these are important conversations we're having right now in the industry, and I think a lot of uh, executives 
are, are listening to it right now, to be honest. I know they are, actually. Yeah. They, they email me. So uh, these are the types of conversations that executives want to hear because mm-hmm. they are. They're, they're, there's concern what's going on in the yeah. industry right now in a lot of different areas. And some people are really afraid to have the conversation. So I appreciate you coming on and talking openly about it because, like I said, there's some people that really want to know this information. And there's no right answer right now. They're trying to figure yeah. out what the right answer is. And so... Uh, trying to stay ahead of the problem is a good thing because who knows the Colorado issue could come out of nowhere. That happened fast. Yeah, yeah, it did. And it being so political, and of course, you know, we're we're coming up to a to a, another year of where it's going to really, really ramp up with with the presidential election. So you know, we just, we just got to be ready. You're right, ready. and and I've said this for a, for a while that be careful because the Colorado could be a template that they try to use other places. You know, I mean, yeah. that, that's what concerned me was the template feeling I had behind the whole thing. But uh, anyway, uh, let's not get too political because we're a non-political show, but this is actually a non-political topic because it's, it's, it is something that is impacting now as part of oil and gas life. Uh, ta- yes, and, and that's even happening like refineries. You know, you take Meridian Refinery and they've had to spend an extra year and a half re- revalidating the same information over and over and over again uh, just because people are like, no, nah, we don't believe that. And like, okay. And same thing. It's like the new normal is this kind of who can hemorrhage the money the longest, the least amount. And um, anyway, sorry, we just, I've had, I've had a lot of interviews today. So I've, I've, I've apparently somebody put a quarter in me. Are you interviewing me? Because I seem to be talking more. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going, I'm going along with it, man. I mean, I agree with everything you're talking about, Jason. I mean, I'm right there with you. Okay, good. Um, so 100%. go ahead, go ahead and give your company a plug before I uh, run out of gas. Okay. All right. So uh, once again, we are thepetrodex.com and we are, um, we are currently right now, our test market is in the Permian um, and we invite all um, oil and gas business service companies to come and check us out online. Um, to get posted online to become a member is 100% free. Um, like I said, we're, we're kind of a hybrid uh, business directory, business to business sales marketplace, and service networking website. So um, if you're looking for an extra place to get leads, get some exposure. Um, if you're starting out, um, you know, coming down the premium and just trying to get trying to get your bearings and trying to get dug in and, and get your business going, uh, the Petrodex is definitely one good place to start. Um, so yeah, check us out. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Ty Juarez. You can also connect with my company on LinkedIn. That's thepetrodex.com. Um, and uh, give us a call. Uh, you can reach me at 432-276-0855. Um, and if you have any questions, I mean, I'm more than more than willing to speak with anyone who uh, who's interested. 